Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast for Sunday, December 3rd, 2023. Today's message will be a devotional on the life of Mary. Welcome to Grace Baptist Church. Hello, hello. Good morning. <clears throat> thanks to uh, thanks to Jeremiah for doing a great job leading us in worship. Thank you for Greg and Pam and Sean and Kendall for the sound. Thanks for uh, Deer for doing the coffee for us every week and, uh, and Caitlin for providing the bread today. Um, if I could have all the students look up here at me. So I'm going to give you some advice that will help you as you navigate through the joys of, uh, of student life. There will be a time in your student life where you had a responsibility that you should have done, perhaps homework or a project, and you failed to get it done. You do not li- live up to the expectation. And perhaps you'll go to your teacher and you'll think, I've I'm, I'm got to come up with some excuse. Well, well, well the dog ate my homework is not going to work. That, 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 won't, that won't do it. You're going to have to be more creative with your reasons why you can't do what you're supposed to be doing. For example, you could perhaps use the suggestion of, hey, I, I left my homework or project on, on the bus. Now, for homeschoolers, that's, that's certainly not going to work. So may I suggest another excuse? Perhaps my back hurts and I'm not able to do what I'm supposed to do. Okay, you're, you're right. That's not a good excuse either. Um, no, I'm, that, that'll be the only jab we do at, at John today. He, believe me, as painful as he, as bad as he feels and as painful as it has been for him, there will be no more painful hour than this hour for him uh, because he would prefer to be here. In fact, he came up with, uh, he sent the, you know, Thursday afternoon, he sent text to the, to the elders and you know, one of his options was is he, that he could sit here and, and, and read a sermon. And so we, you know, we, we kindly said, hey, let's, let's give you the pass and we'll, we'll, we'll fake our way through it today. So if you're a visitor, you get the fifth string today. And you'll get the first string next week. And, and if his back is still out, then maybe you'll get the second or third string. So... Um, today we're going to, it's not a sermon, today is more of a devotional. A couple weeks ago uh, we were having a Bible study with Tyler and he asked me, he said, what's the difference between Roman Catholics and a Baptist? Which was really, it's a good question and pr- promoted some, some pretty good discussion. And one of the, one of the biggest differences, there's, there's a lot of differences, but uh, one of the bigger differences is the way that we look at Mary. For the Catholic, uh, they place Mary on a, in, in what I believe is, is, is a bit too high of a pedestal. Uh, the, 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 for, for some Catholics, they believe Mary was sinless. Uh, they give Mary a, 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 a mediation role. She's a co-mediator between God and man. And uh, I, I believe that that extends beyond what the scriptures say. But... I will say that perhaps we as Baptists don't look at Mary enough. We don't, uh, we, we don't think about what 
you know, what, what she's about and, and, and how she could help us in our journey of faith. So, so today we're going to we're, we're think a little bit about reflections on the life of Mary and what we can learn from her. Uh, we don't have one specific scripture. I'm going to bounce around from scriptures. You're welcome to follow or you can just listen. Um, but before we start, let's, let's pray one more time. Father in heaven, may the, the words of my mouth be pleasing to you and helpful to your church. We thank you for all that you do for us in Christ. Amen. So what do we know about Mary? Well, actually, we probably know less about her than, than most of our biblical heroes. And it's odd that you would think, I mean, she has such a core responsibility in the life of the, of, the, of the gospel train. You would think we would know more. We don't know what her age was when she became pregnant, conceived by the Holy Spirit. Some believe that she could have been as young as 12 likely she was more in the 13 to 15 year old range. We don't know when she was born. We don't know where she was born. We don't know where, when she died. We don't know what she looked like. We don't know what you know, her personality really was about. We can speculate based on what little scripture we have about her. We know she was favored by God. We know she was a virgin when she con- when when you know before she when, when she was conceived we we know that she was going to get married to a guy named Joseph who we later learn is a carpenter we know that she knew her bible and the reason that we know she knew her bible was if you look at the song in Luke 1 it it's just filled with old testament references Outside of the birth of Christ narrative and, and when, when Jesus was a, a boy narrative, there, there's only four other times that she's mentioned in Scripture. Four times. She's mentioned in Scripture when at the wedding at, at Cana. She's mentioned in Scripture when her and her sons try to approach Jesus at a festival. She's mentioned in Scripture at the cross. And she's mentioned it in Scripture at the upper room. In some ways, other biblical authors, even Mary herself, go to links at not even mentioning her name. It's, it's very interesting. And, and perhaps the purpose of that was so that we wouldn't fall into the error that I believe that the Catholics fall into, revering Mary too much. So we're going to, again, we're going to just briefly look at four truths that we can pull from the life of Mary, and and hopefully it helps a little bit. Uh, Point one, reflecting on the life of Mary reminds us that being on the path of submission is best. Now, we're going to reference, or I'm going to reference Luke 1, chapter, Luke 1, verses 28 through 38, the very familiar passage and if you want to turn there you can but what is submission that's a kind of a kind of a shaky word for some some of you might especially women might think oh he's not going to go there right submission 
is best recognized or seen as we think of one person's will being usurped by another person's will, a greater will. I'm going to read this, these, these verses, but when, while I read it, I want you to just think and try to put your mind where Mary's at. Luke 1. And Gabriel came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am but a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, will be called Holy the Son of God, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed. Imagine what Mary's life might have been. Might have been. Imagine the dreams that she might have had. She's 13, 14, 15 years old. She's about to get married. Surely she thinks about what my life's going to be like. What, what, how many kids will I have? What will I do? Where will we go? And then suddenly, her will, her thoughts are interrupted by one that's greater. Her response is quite incredible, Right? I mean, is it just me, or is that incredible? She, asked, she does ask a question, how can it be? Which the, the angel graciously gives her an answer. And then her statement, behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. How does that submission manifest itself in the life of Mary? Simply put, she believed and accepted God's path. Her plans were interrupted. Her plans were overruled by his plans, and his plans are best. Yet in her submission, she was provided incredible strength to be able to bear all that she would face based on her responsibility. So how do we, what what application can we glean from this? Um, it's a big subject, right? And, and this is a devotional. But perhaps it can be summed up very simply. That understand that the plans that God has for you takes precedence over anything that you might want to do. In fact, you may be in a place in life right now where you're not happy, you're not satisfied, you feel uneasy, whether it's a job or relationship, whatever it might be. But understand that God has you where you are for a purpose. There's purpose in, his, in, in what he does. Submission means we lay our requests, our needs, our desires 
to God in prayer. But then we submit to how life plays out. Great quote from a pastor in Florida. In our submission, as we trust and lean on God, he strengthens us and equips us for whatever he calls us to do. Point two. Reflecting on the life of Mary reminds us to ask for great things from God and expect great things from God. Now, apologies to William Carey, the founder of Modern Missions. I, I, I played a little bit with his quote. His great quote is, expect great things, attempt great things. But what I want to do is I want to take you to John 2. This is the first time that we see Mary outside of, in, inside of Jesus' ministry. You'll know the, the text. The text is, uh, is and, and the, the occurrence is one of, uh, uh, of where Jesus is at, at a, a wedding. And he turns the water to wine. And there are just deep theological implications, none of which we will get into, about what he did and why he did it. But what I want you to notice is Mary... Her posture in this miracle. Verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus was also invited to the wedding with his disciples. And when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to Jesus, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you to do. Let me set the scene. So weddings in those days were much different than what we experience. Now our weddings are two or three, four hours. Um, for, for, for in that culture, weddings would last days. It was a celebration, and, and it was the, the, the wedding itself was tied so deeply to their culture that the way that a wedding came off reflected on the groom and on the groom's family. So when there would be no wine to be served, this was a huge faux pas in society, so much so that th this family could have just been totally wrote off by the community. But what does Mary do? Now this is where you got to think a little bit because we look at this scripture through the light of the entire New Testament, the entire Gospels, where we've seen miracle after miracle after miracle. At this time, there have been no miracles. This is the first one. Mary's got no clue as to what Jesus can do. All she knows is, is that there's a problem and there's one I can go to. She was faced with a situation with no obvious answers. And her response was to take it to Jesus. To me, this is, this is incredible. The, 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 the application is so obvious, right? Do we ask God for impossible things? Do we pray 
to God to do something that it doesn't seem that there's any way possible that, that whatever we want needs to be done? Didn't Mary expect Jesus to run to the grocery store and get a bunch of wine and pay for it and bring it back and make... No, there's no way. Of course not. Jesus was, was, was likely very poor. But she knew that he could do something. It reminds us that God can work in our lives far beyond we expect. If you're... I, I, I can't express this enough. If you've got loved ones that are lost and you've been praying for them, and, and just, it just doesn't seem to work, keep praying. Keep asking. If there's a situation that you have, maybe unrest in your family or your job, whatever, keep praying. God is faithful. Not only is He faithful, He's able to do abundantly more than you can imagine. Point three, and this one, I'll admit, I'm, I'm stretching just a tad on this one. I'm taking a little bit of a liberty here, but I, I think that the truth is correct, but follow with me. Reflecting on the life of Mary reminds us the ifs, the ifs of the Bible are crucial. We, we focus a lot on the buts of the Bible, one T, not two, the buts of the Bible. The, you know, we, we think of Ephesians 2 where we, we're lost in sin, where we, we, but God. We think of Romans 5, 8, but God. But we often don't think of the ifs of the Bible. The last time that we see Mary in the New Testament is Acts 1, verse 14. I want to read it to you. It's one verse. All these things with one accord... All these with one accord, and all these, these are the people in the upper room. All these with one accord were devoting, devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Where does the Bible choose to take us on the last scripture we see about Mary? She's believing. She's still believing. She has endured. Her faith has persevered through all the, 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 the years that, of raising Jesus and then seeing Jesus in his ministry and then expecting things from Jesus and then being at the cross for Jesus. And surely her hopes and dreams have been somewhat questions she's still believing we have a a, a a statement that we use in baptist circles maybe you've heard it once saved always saved i gotta admit that it's it's not one of my favorite things that we've come up with now do, do i believe that if you you know believe it well kind of I want to share with you a couple of the ifs. 1 Corinthians 15. Now I will remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached. 
Colossians 1, and you who were once alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him if indeed you continue in the faith. Hebrews 13, 14, 3, 14, For we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. There is a condition to one saved, always saved. One saved, always saved might better be said once truly saved, all truly saved. We can't pray a prayer or walk an aisle or make a decision when we were young or old or whenever and just continue to live life like we want to live there's there's there, there there's got to be a change now the changes for some are small it, I, I get that I, but at the end of your life there's got to be a you've got to be believing i I've, i used to tell my sunday school class it, it, if scott lewis who's been your sunday school teacher for years leaves his wife takes up with another woman and lives the rest of his life without, without repenting, then Scott Lewis, write him off. He wasn't a Christian. He's not a Christian. We've got to finish strong. We've got to finish believing. I re I'm reminded by one of Connie's favorite bands, Journey. Don't stop believing. So speaking of Connie... People, uh, people don't realize that there was a time in Connie and I's life where we were, dare I say, athletic. Hard for you to believe, maybe. But we, we, we had some skills. We, uh, we got back from China 2005, and uh, we were presented with the opportunity to, to, to go on a 150-mile bike ride to the beach for MS. And so Connie and I said, hey, let's do it. We taught our family about it and explained we may need some child care help. And the family kind of mocked a little bit. Gave us a little roll of eyes. Kind of whispered under the breast, you know. Well, I'm telling you right now, you could not take Connie's dead hands off that bike because she was going to get through that ride no matter what. Why? Because she's stubborn. She is a stubborn woman, steadfast, diligent. We have to have the same posture about our faith. We've got to be stubborn about it. We have to be stubborn and continue to believe in the face of challenges of life. Finally, point four. Reflections on the life of Mary reminds us that her pondering should be our pondering. Probably the most notable verse about Mary in all of Scripture is her response when seeing the shepherds come. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. 
What was she pondering? What was she thinking about? We think of pondering, that's not a word we use very often. In some ways, because it's so close to the word wandering, you think that pondering means your brain's just kind of wandering around and it's bouncing around and whatever. But that's not what pondering means. Pondering is, is, is more akin to taking captive the things of life and considering them and meditating on them deeply. So what was Mary pondering? And to understand what she was pondering, we have to go back a few verses from that verse. Luke 2, verse 8. And this is another one you'll know very well. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were fear, filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. What Mary was pondering was the gospel. She was pondering the gospel. She was pondering the mystery and the wonder of God coming down as a man, living the life that we should have lived, that we cannot live, dying a death that we deserved. That's the good news. For application-wise, it, it is probably unreasonable to think that we can nonstop, constantly, continuously ponder the things of God. But we can train ourselves to have a God-centered view that takes our thoughts captive to His will. We do this by looking at our personal opportunities, our heartaches, our conflicts, our blessings, all those things. We look at them through the lens of the gospel. Grace, we love you from the elders. We care about you. We pray for you. Uh, just, just, in, in, just in a reminder, as we think about Mary, we think about her pondering. We think about how she submitted to God. We think about how she prayed and asked for great things. And we think about her believing. Now, let's, uh, we're going to transition to the table. Jimmy and uh, Gil will, will come up in just a moment to, to read. Uh, we, if you're, you've been here long enough, you hear this every, uh, every, every time we do it. We do it once a month, and uh, we have open communion. If you're a member of another church and not under any kind of discipline, we invite you to join. We, uh, we, we take it by rows, and you can just come up as you see fit. But as, you, as we have a moment of silence while the guys come up, and then I'll pray, let's ponder, let's ponder the gospel and what God has done for us through Christ. Guys, you can come on up. Let's pray.
Father in heaven, we come humbly before you as needy people who need to be reminded of the gospel every week. Father, the gospel is not just for the lost. The gospel is for believers as it empowers us to live out our lives daily. Father, as we come to your holy table, Father, grace, give us grace, bless us, and help us believe, and help us to continue to believe. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Baptist Church podcast. You can listen to past sermons at podbean.com. Search Grace Baptist Church, China Grove, to find us. You can also find us on Apple Podcast. Search Grace Baptist Church, China Grove. You can also join us at the South Rowan YMCA, 950 Kimball Road, China Grove, North Carolina. We meet on Sunday mornings at 930 for fellowship and service starts at 10. Thank you for listening and remember to be intentional in making disciples this week.